Welcome to the Eyes of Indigo with your infinitely curious hosts, Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears. Please like, rate, and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. More information available at facebook.com slash eyesofindigo or at iriscarter.com where you will find a link to the Eyes of Indigo podcast. Hi there. Hello. <laughs> good evening, dear Iris. How are you, sweetie? Doing good. Doing good. Good, good, good. Yeah. Just, um, you look like you're in a magical forest back there with that lovely backdrop. I really, I've been enjoying it the whole time. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, you know, nice. wanted to change it out. You know, it's easy to leave up the old one and then not change them out, but I found some. So I'm like, yes, we're going to have variety. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, so I'm looking for. Oh, your sister's here. Happy hi. Valentine's, sweetie. Good to see you. Hi, hi. Thank you, seeing back to you. Yes. <laughs> it is Sunday, isn't it? My um. Yeah, because yeah. my son's birthday is Saturday. When I had him, I was scheduled for a C-section, and they said, uh, we can do it on Monday or Tuesday. And and I looked at the dates, and I said, wait a minute, Monday's the 13th, Tuesday's the 14th. We're going to do it on the 13th, because I wasn't going to stick him with a birthday on Valentine's Day. Okay. <laughs> very considerate of you. Oh. Hey, Kendall. <laughs> Good to see you, sweetie. Yes, hello. He's uh, coming. He's a uh, a member of Lua as well, and a friend of mine. Oh, yeah. nice! Yay! Oh, welcome, 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 welcome. So, how we usually start off is we we actually delay starting starting right off the bat because it takes a few minutes for people to come online and realize that it's nine thirty or a little bit after, and so we fill up a little time saying, well, thank you to all of our regulars and for newcomers. Welcome to the channel. We're glad you're here. I'm Margot Ross Sears. And that that way, <laughs> that's Iris Carter. It switched up on me somehow. <laughs> and that's Iris Carter. And we are your co-hosts on this weekly podcast. You can see more information sliding across the bottom of the screen that Iris has put up. If you have not, if you don't know me or Iris, please feel free to check out our credentials in the prequel or the first episode of this on uh, YouTube. Where else is it, Iris? Uh, Facebook on our Facebook page, Eyes of Indigo. So facebook.com slash Eyes of Indigo. Um, so you can, that, that's, those are two easy ways to find it. Um, we're coming up more and more. Usually if you look at eyes of Indigo podcast on Google, we'll come up and it used to be, there was a, there's an eyes of Indigo song from years ago and it would, all of the first page would be, if you just put in eyes of Indigo would be this guy and his music and all that stuff. We are now, if I just put in Eyes of Indigo, we're creeping up to that first page on that. So you don't have to add the podcast part. But still, <laughs> long story, for but quick, it's nice for a quick dive. Yeah, SEO, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh. <laughs> so challenging the SEO. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <clears throat> so, 
tonight's topic. Hello. Well, let's see. And we got Jackie. We got a few more. Jackie, hello. Glad to have you here. Welcome, welcome. Any newcomers, if you want us to know you're here, please feel free to write something in the chat, either on YouTube or down below in Facebook. And your comment or question will show up uh, on our screens and um, <clears throat> we'll address as much as we can. Yes. So at any time, feel free to throw out comments, throw out questions, ask for clarity, um, a definition of a word we just used, or a funny thought you had, or yeah. anything you want. So we love feel free input. to come and play. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah. So to today's uh, program is the taboos of religion and politics, um, and what we showed was that. Polite company doesn't talk about religion and politics, or do they? Join us in discussing censorship and control through the separation of church and state. So we're going to be addressing some of those issues and why. What does I think that mean? actually we're talking about why is it taboo to discuss those things? Not that those topics are particularly taboo. Yes. <clears throat> that discussing them in comp in in that company <laughs> well it's frowned upon well frowned there's, upon. Why? there's also i think um i can go ahead and show this um i had mentioned it yes. earlier uh separation of church and state was intended to provide freedom of religion not freedom from religion it was intended to protect the church from the state and not the other way around which is, is interesting, and I'll bring that up again later if we need to. Uh, hey, Daryl, glad to have you back again, and appreciate Thank it. You, oh, kind words. So sweet, yes. <laughs> Very kind, yeah. Not one fool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> That's all right. Sense of humor comes goes a long way in wisdom. Oh. It really does. Oh, yes, yes. And they're laughing with us. Yeah. <laughs> Not at us, we hope. No. <laughs> oh, so, I hope so. <laughs> well, so, depends. I mean, you know, laugh with us, not, yeah. Anyway. Laugh um, at both. <laughs> we'll laugh take laughter anyway, we can so, get it right. There so, you go. There you go. So, so, the tabo so the taboo of discussing religion or politics in polite company. What's that about? <laughs> well, what, it's what inspired this people, are, I think people are people. Well, actually, I think you you inspired it also. But um, yeah. I, I think people get defensive because they. Okay, yeah, and that's the main trigger. thing. Yeah, it's a trigger. trigger. And it's like, you know, OK, I believe certain politics are correct or i believe that you know certain religion is correct and this is what you're taught growing up and what you always believe and and i think anytime yeah, you're talking about belief systems yeah. exactly and yeah. and and in some cases it's an indoctrination rather than just a mere it's always an indoctrination there's no such so my opinion my experience it's always you know, all 
yeah, absorbing any theory is always an indoctrination. Well, yeah, I think until, until you, if you blindly just accept what you're told and accept it. And, yeah. And, you know, and it's That's drilled an into you time and time again. That's yeah. an indoctrination. That's definitely an indoctrination. And um, so, and so anytime somebody goes to change yeah. or when you have those moments of clarity where you start asking, why do I believe this? Why is yeah. this important to me? And you yeah. start going for, hey, wait a minute, maybe I need to look around. Or you start listening to someone else and you're going, well, that's interesting. I'd like to learn more about what you have to say on that. And you're opening your mind a little bit. Then it becomes, it, it can become a tenuous moment because you're you're teachable moment. Yeah. Yeah. And you're trading, you're kind of going, okay, I'm gonna release my beliefs a little bit, whether it's politics or religion or how to or anything. Bake chocolate chip cookies. I mean, you know, <laughs> my recipe's better right. than yours, you know. It and and so when you start realizing there's more than one way of anything. And and that people are multifaceted and there's lots of combinations and all that stuff. You can either take it with grace or you can suddenly put up your defenses and go, you know, la 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 la. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to. Yeah. And let it go over your head. And yeah. I think it's just the security and where you're at with your own beliefs at that point. I see. I'm hearing. We'll see. Hearing. I'm hearing you describe a popular, uh, the result, the actions of a popular um, phraseology of psychology that's bouncing around social media a lot called cognitive dissonance. Dissonance, yes. That's, and you're describing it when something confronts your belief system in, in such a contradictory way that it starts triggering emotional reactions because it's challenging fundamental beliefs that you base your fundamental truths on at some level, uh, whether you're conscious of it or not. But when you realize you have a resistance that is distasteful or uncomfortable or even wildly uncomfortable to a new idea or somebody's opposing opinion, that's the time to look at yourself and go, ooh, why did I get so triggered over somebody having an idea or a theory that's somewhat different from mine? Okay, it's just words and talk at this point. Why are we getting upset? And it's self-analyzation at that point, obviously, which can be very, very healthy. Um, so, Jackie... Jackie brings up an interesting, I'm on a page called I Heart Chihuahuas or Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas. <laughs> less, less they hang around Cha Cha Rotterquist. And I found on my feed that someone. <laughs> Sorry, Jackie, I'm having too much fun with the Chihuahua. 
I'm just, breaking I, out in Spanish. I, I was in love with with uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> I loved when Les Nesman did that. Uh, and I found on my feed that someone had posted a full-blown virtual church service on it. The preacher didn't look like a chihuahua. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know i've got one of those i wonder if it's the same person is on my uh high school gra gra um, class alumni page the class for our year and there's this one guy that he gets on there every other day and he's posting a sermon and i've, I've complained <laughs> yeah my high my high school um uh, alumnus page somebody weekly posts about their religious services and it's an invitation and well, people is, resist and people yeah. don't I like don't appreciate it invitations one thing i can almost see that as being you know i could post our thing and say yeah. if anybody wants to come but when it's yeah. a full-blown sermon which is what Jackie said. Yeah. I'm like, don't yeah. don't make me click on my Chihuahua page just to find out that I've wasted my click. <laughs> I could have gone to something else. Uh, don't make me get my electronic Chihuahua on you. <laughs> Come snap at you. <laughs> yeah. I would I would find oh. some interesting memes with Chihuahuas, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just said, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, there's, so, you know what? This brings up a point that would, that we need to clarify for this particular podcast. There are religious fanatics out there. And what that means is there are people who are short for fanatic fans. They are fans of their own spirituality um, above and beyond the normal um, expression of spirituality. And there are people who are fanatics about their politics. And same thing, they go above and beyond expressing their opinions on whatever political view that they espouse. I'm pretty sure we're not talking about fanatical people for the purpose of this podcast. I believe we, and, and, but, and, but that, there, that needs clarity. So I'm Jackie, I'm really glad you brought it, you know, that you inspired this. Um, we're not talking about dealing with fanatical, um, uh, fanatical and aggressive speakers. That's not really what we're talking about. What we're oh. talking about is discussing it, discussing it in a healthy way, in polite society. And why has our society evolved to reject healthy, calm, rational discussion about sensitive subjects such as religion, politics, let's keep going, uh, abortion, racism, um, trigger, you know, trigger words uh, across, you know, across races, calling, you know, you know, nicknames that have offended people, um, income, uh, classicism. There's all kinds of trigger, trigger, uh, you know, tr trigger, trigger topics out there. Um, we just happen to choose two of the biggies, religion and politics. So, yeah, you're still going to see extremists in those well, fields. 
Okay, well, let's talk, here, here's about. a good example. Fred Phelps, if y'all remember him from that church. And no, I'm I don't. Oh, gosh. Okay. If you've ever seen uh, the Laramie Project. Okay. Um, they, he, they, they kind of depict it in that. Um, and it's where uh, Matthew, I can't stand that. I can remember Fred Phelps' name. And I can't remember Matthew's last name. But Matthew was a young gay male in Laramie that was basically a hate crime. He was, he was basically murdered um, for being gay. And right. when they were having the tri the murder trial, because they caught the suspects, Fred Phelps is Wood something, Wood something church, um, in, and it's like in Kansas, sent out a little delegation to go and protest, you know, and they're the ones that go to, they, they protested um, uh, Elizabeth, the politician's wife, um, Elizabeth Dole's no. Yeah, Elizabeth Dole's from North Carolina. Protested at her funeral. They've protested at military funerals, all this stuff, because um, God only knows why. Um, that was their thing. <laughs> that was their thing. And But they would be very offensive. You know, God hates vagrants okay. and, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. So... And in, in, in the Laramie Project, what they... It was like, well, they have a right to protest. You know, here we go, church and state. You know, yes, they're they're an organization. They're peacefully protesting. I mean, they were loud and obnoxious, but they were basically peacefully Actually, protesting. we're not talking about, you're actually talking about First Amendment. Yeah. Rather than, rather than yeah, anything else. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you have the right to say whatever you want as long as you don't incite crime. Right. And so what they did in the Laramie Project, one of the girls who was a friend of Matthew's, she came up with the idea of making these huge angel wings. And they used braces that were about six feet tall and people wore them and they lined up together and blocked off the people from the church so that that created they, a barrier. Yeah. Yeah, and they yeah. weren't doing anything wrong either. They just happened to have really tall right. wings. <laughs> right. Again, First Amendment. They were expressing themselves um, in a way in in a way that was uh, not offensive to other, you know, to uh, that was not illegal. <laughs> right. Exactly. It didn't cause. Yeah, it didn't cause crime. It actually stopped a crime. Right. But they were more the Phelps Church. He died, but they're still carrying on, and they're more fanatical i've heard them on interviews and stuff and they're they're not just fans they are maniacal in 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 a way and there's a very small it's only like about a 50 person church but they go all over the place i got something going on in there yeah. Like yeah yeah but i love um somebody uh a, a, a gay man bought their the house right across the street from where the church is and painted it rainbow colors and puts up gay pride signs and things like that. That's somebody looking for a fight. Yeah. Unless God told him to do it. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, kind of watch from afar. What's your motivation there, bud? Bring That's out the a, popcorn. Yeah. So, yeah, so, you would feel safe sleeping at night in that house. Yeah. But yeah. what? whatever. 
All right. So, yeah, we're in a country that people make those crazy choices. Hi, Cedric. How are you? Glad you're here. Westbrook Westbrook Baptist. Yes, Yes. that was another. Yeah, that was that was a faction of it today. Um, Ken said made a good comment. He said today people treat politics like religion. As if politics is religion. And I think that is by design. I think that is intentional. I think that is by design. Um, And Iris tapped into that when she mentioned that separation of church and state uh, to the point that we don't even feel comfortable talking about religion and politics is actually a form of censorship and social control. Think about it this way. Every single Hang on a second. This 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 might take a minute to say, because I got to substantiate it a little bit. Every single aspect of modern human life is controlled by two concepts: religion and politics. This is how, and this is why I say that. Any choice you do or don't make, any action you do or don't take anything you do or don't say, you'll choose to or not to based on your value system. Is it worth it to say this? Will it move me forward? Will it express what I really want? Will it get my point across? Yes or no. That is your value system that is based on your belief system, which is defined as your spiritual or religious system. Your religious system determines your values, which determines what you will and won't do. The exception is things that you'll do that society requires you to do or say. Things that society requires you to do or say are laws and rules. Where do laws and rules come from? Politics. All laws and rules start as ideas, become bills, become discussion, eventually get put into law, and then all the little people have to do or not do them. Every single, think about it, every single thing you say or do is measured and weighed by two yardsticks, religion and politics. They are crucial, they are crux, they even exist in primitive caveman days when society was very, very, very primitive. Psychology and values were very, very, very primitive. Those two concepts still controlled the behaviors of mankind. If you control the politics and the religion, and let's use the phrase that's commonly used across the board, when you control the narrative of a conversation, the narrative, the way the narration goes, the way the story goes, that's where the word narrative comes from. When you control the narrative or the way the story goes, stories are expressions of values, you control the society. So you wanna control a society? You lock down on the most influential, strongest parts of it, first, and that would be religion, politics, family. 
off my sofa. <laughs> but you're leaving <laughs> us hanging. Tell us more. <laughs> All right. Well, I can tell you more. All right. If you want me to keep going, I will. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So when you make it taboo and unacceptable to talk about religion and politics, which when it's back in, in this case, in our timeline, which is back in, you know, around the turn of the century, radio is starting to get big. Television hasn't been invented yet. This was the or other so century, think, not the so we think. Yeah, the other century. <laughs> true. Yeah, the 20th century, not the 21st century like we know now. But around the 1900s and popular media radio is starting to hit the masses. That's when you start setting the yardstick for what is appropriate and not appropriate to talk about in polite company versus private company. And the division started then. If you do research into how and why radio and television were established and created and what kind of programming, a key word that applies to lots of things. Yeah, yeah, pay attention, programming. <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> if you look into what the programming was when radio, television, and movies each first began, you're going to see a pattern that is very narrow on purpose. Now, maybe it was coincidental, but you're talking about a 50-year span and hundreds of thousands of people, and they all started off on the exact same premise. Kind of hard for that to be coincidental. Um, and personally, in my belief system, there's no such thing as coincidence, all right? I'm waiting for something to challenge that and start my cognitive dissonance. <laughs> because anytime, you know, sidebar, but it's relevant, anytime you feel your cognitive dissonance, no, that can't be true. Or that doesn't feel right. Oh, that's just weird. Look at it. There's two things going on. You're resisting change because it's offending you, not because it's necessarily offensive. And it gives you a chance to work and do, well, no better way to put it. It gives you a chance to do what we call shadow work, which is literally healing and making friends and calming down and bonding with both your yin and yang energies, your shadow self, your light self, your spiritual self, your human self, your God self, you know, your, your not God self. <laughs> and generically, we just call that shadow because of light and shadow. So it's an opportunity to work on that stuff because you're being giving a peek in it. But that's a sidebar, like I said, coming back to what I was talking about. When you make it taboo to talk about those two keystone, influential, deeply, profoundly influential aspects of human existence, the foundations of all values, all choices that we do, you control that. You literally can, can control every thought and every action of every human that has subscribed to your taboo. You make yourself an authority. People buy into what's a, what you subscribe as ta taboo. Well, if you're a radio talking to thousands 
and then millions and then billions of people, television, movies, internet, even bigger, now we're into billions, you become an authority without a name, without a face. Who else is an authority in our existence that doesn't really have a name or a face that you're kind of emulating? Hmm. Oh, just tell us. <laughs> God. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was on the thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Cheat God. <laughs> I like this question from Daryl. That is a good I'm question, Daryl. Punch into it. <laughs> Jump in here with us, Daryl. That's awesome question. Yes. So for the audio cast. Yeah, go ahead. How do you feel about churches using the pulpit to express their political views? Do you see uh, what Jackie says? Yes, and Jackie says, tax them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, I, I, I get the reason why churches were are given tax-free status. I, I get it. For the I can argue country. both sides of that. But I can I argue, argue both sides of that all day long. Mm -hmm. And because so, I founded a church, so I can argue that all day long. But both sides, I can. Yeah, both sides are justified. But true. to get back to Daryl's question, question, which is, how do you post a question like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Watch Daryl do it. Yeah. Um. What? What? <laughs> it, what happens? Okay. First of all, any any minister that is running a church has the right to free speech on one hand, okay? On one hand. On the other hand, if he, to me if he is truly guiding the people of the church he should stick to the topic at hand and that is what is the church doing for them and what are they going to do outside the church it doesn't matter who the the voting and all should be an individual person's decision not you're equating voting with politics right well it sounds like you shifted what i'm saying is okay you've got you've got an authority figure that has responsibility to lead people on their spiritual path. If the people leave that church and they've been taught well on their spiritual path, they will probably select candidates that align with the same spiritual path that they do. So if I were a member of the church and I had a minister that was telling me to vote for certain candidates, but that's me, I would be questioning the hell out of that. What is their particular interest? What does the church have to gain from that? What is that politician promising the church leaders that a church leader would stand up and speak for a politician? Yeah, follow the money. Yeah, exactly. If you find, anytime you want to find truth, follow the money and or power. Where are they getting the power from? Can I throw in a devil's advocate here? Um, but to, actually, let me, can, may I make two comments? 
first of all, Ken, yes, people are commenting on both Facebook and on YouTube. So no, Ken, you're not going to see everybody's comment if you're on one or the other. So that's why you're seeing questions. That's what Ken was saying. How do you post? And then he's actually saying is, on screen. Yeah. Yeah. And Iris is doing her best to uh, post so that both medium can see as much as possible about what's going on in the conversation. But there's that's two posting platforms here, one on Facebook, one on YouTube. And we can so, see them both. <laughs> and we can see both. <laughs> <laughs> and I have the power <laughs> to post them or not post them. <laughs> Starting to feel spiritual, are you there, Iris? <laughs> All right, yeah. so what I wanted, to, shifting back, the other thing I wanted to say was you're talking about, and, and I agree with, with what you're saying, the person that's in the pulpit, let's just call that person a preacher, the preacher in the pulpit has a has a social responsibility to and and made an agreement to help spiritually guide his con his or her congregation. And I agree with that. A twist comes in here. This is where sort of devil devil's you know chocolate advocate here um, comes in. Your chocolate throws off your diet. <laughs> so let me throw you on a chocolate angle. <laughs> All right. Um, there is politics to running a church. There is politics to doing a sermon. There is politics with dealing with the fallout and or reactions to your sermon and what you're going to do next time or not do. And who are you going to include and who are you going to exclude in your choices, in your, in your church choices, in your church activities, in your church decisions? Who are you going to listen to? Who are you not going to listen to? There's politics on, you know, there's family politics within the church, right? And com sometimes competition there too. Well, you know, so, something, else, right. something yeah. else I want to point out too is you never know who is a member that gives a lot of money to that church that is priding that minister. To, I want to help get so-and-so in office and I need you to tell everybody. Exactly. Or any agenda that they might have, be it politics or anything. But in this case, we're talking about politics. So my point being, religion and politics are closely interwoven simply because both influence human behavior and belief systems tremendously, which kind of ties back into what I was saying earlier. It literally is impossible to separate religion and politics when you practice one or the other. For example, you just said one example, when somebody's preaching on a pulpit for uh, spiritual, you know, on spiritual topics, uh, let's, you know, let's talk, you know, let's talk about forgiveness, not necessarily a particular book, but all religions can have a whole speech about what is forgiveness. And that's a spiritual topic. However, it's going to set off political politics excuse it's going to set off politics inside the church what is worthy of forgiving what is not worthy of forgiving how do you forgive what way of forgiveness is good enough or not good enough and so on and so on and so on that's one expression of it so when you do something but in a different vein which really isn't but in a different side if you want to start there when you do something political, 
do you remember that there were years ago uh, thousands and thousands of women uh, parading in the streets of D.C. with pink cat hats on, calling themselves pink pussies? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that? And there was a whole series of pink cat ears and men were not allowed to wear them, but they did anyway in different colors just to be cute. And this was a political movement. Or was it? If you listen to what these women were talking about and how it was influencing their values towards certain politics, certain laws, certain restrictions, how they felt about communicating this to their students, to their daughters, to their mothers, to their codependents, to their, you know, to their, you know, le gay lesbian, which is redundant, I know, but to their gay friends, I'm just going to say gay, to their gay friends, male or female, or whatever. It became a profoundly spiritual self-expression confrontation versus solution uh, situation, although originally it was a political one. So you, So my point being, what starts off as a religious conversation ends up being a political situation. What starts off as a political situation ends up being a philosophical slash spiritual slash even religious uh, conversation. And this is normal for those two topics to circulate right back into each other. That's normal. There almost is no way to avoid that. All right. That's why it's profoundly weird to try to separate them. What? Which brings us to the question of why? Why would it be taboo to stop us from talking about the two most influential forces in our modern lives? And maybe not so modern, in our parents' lives, in our grandparents' lives, in our great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents' lives, in the Renaissance time, in the time of, you know, of, of, of Christ, in the, in the time of Socrates and Plato, and on and on and on. Well, for levity, I like George Carlin's reason. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely in favor. <laughs> I'm completely in favor of the separation of church and state. My idea is these two institutions institutions screw us up enough on their own, so both of them together is certain death. <laughs> <laughs> when you institutionalize something, yes, you are on the way to sandbagging it. Which yeah. is why my church is do-it-yourself, self-guided, you know, no dogma, no rules, because I'm trying my hardest to keep Lua from being institutionalized, which that's why we do that, you know, non-denominational all the way, uh, multi-faith, whatever you want to call it. That's why, and Carlin's, and that's how I, how I interpret Carlin's point. When you institutionalize something, you are bringing it into a box and you are limiting what it can do and what it can be uh, for the purpose of someone else to make money. <laughs> Institutionalism equals somebody is making bags and bags of money off of the concept. So I've been talking for a while here. Iris, your turn. <laughs> well, um, oh, wait a minute, Chris. Uh, yeah, we got some comments here. I saw yeah. you reading and looking away. So what, what do we got here? 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I liked that. And so it's not appropriate for religious leaders, in my opinion, to pressure people towards any particular political choice or vote. And he goes on to say, as a spiritual interfaith minister, I do not do that. And and I think that that shows restraint. Yeah, restraint and <laughs> respect for the influence that you have over people yeah you have a spiritual influence that's profound half of, of the two things of the three things that totally influence us and actually you can take out family because family values are based on the other two um if you if you since you've got a kingpin advantage of being a, an interfaith minister right off the bat your circle of influence is way much deeper profounder and harder than a lay person would typically be, not necessarily, but typically would be. So yeah, we're talking about undue undue influence. And, and I think and, I agree. That's and, dicey and, to push politics kind of, on the pulpit. That's really yeah, dicey. And this kind of brings me yeah. to it pushing anything when people are in a position of power, um, and and it can be I'm trying to shrink this down. Whether you're a teacher, a preacher, a politician, you, a, a boss, anybody that has some authority. sort of status label of authority yeah. over another person, doesn't matter whether you're the same age, different ages, what the balance is. If somebody is looking at you in a as somebody carrying authority mm -hmm. you have as the authoritarian some influence over them and how you choose to use that influence defines more about you than the person that you're influencing but the people being influenced don't always get too. that right. and and well, yeah, I want to yeah. I want to tell a little short story that's sort of relevant and it's very personal. Not many people know it. So, yeah, y'all okay. getting getting this one. <laughs> when I got my first divorce, the minister of the church was probably that, that I was going to at the time. Uh, he was probably 20 years older than me, at least. And he, he had always had this cat and mouse game flirtation going on. But when I started going through my divorce, he started showing up and checking on me more and more. And I appreciated being his friend. And I was very vulnerable. And he tried to take advantage of that vulnerability. Yeah. Um, I mean, I came this close too close to having an affair with him and yeah. it clicked and i went whoa no you were I, victimized i was yeah. victimized and i was in and i was in therapy at the time for the divorce and other crap going on and i told my therapist about it and she and she had a very very poignant she said some people will see a wounded bird and pick it up and try to heal it. Some people will crush it. And that is a very, when you realize 
that there that that can happen anytime somebody's an authoritarian are they using their status for their own benefit are they being responsible with their authority with their authority or not right yeah. and and so and it was a big enough deal that i i took him in front of the council for our church he never that's ethical because god knows who else he was doing that with exactly right. and i kind of knew um i was I, okay. I was very aware um and it it there were a lot of ripples from that but i think when when you talk about how you know a minister standing in front of their church and telling people to vote or a politician that is pushing certain religious doctrines and things like that i mean yes they go hand in hand but you have to look at the person and what right it's situational yeah yeah you're hitting a gray area when you start letting those two things overlap because together they are extremely powerful and to run them together unethically is um, a travesty. It's an exploitation of both, actually of all three, your, your social power, exploitation of spirit, the power of spirituality and an exploitation of the power of politics. And uh, no, right there, you're, you've lost all credibility in my opinion that person has lost all credibility when they start running those things together. Again, I'm talking, this is a gray area and pushing those boundaries. That's one thing, depending on the situation, but running them together all together like that. Uh, nope. And what the example you just gave of um, the unethical minister and that it had to become politics to shut it down. Well, yeah. Yeah, he ran religion uh, uh, hard and fast and inappropriately at you. So you had to counterbalance with a hard political push back to bring the, the, the situation energetically back into a peaceable balance with minimum damage on you and anyone else that might be affected. We're talking about ripples. And I'll tell you something else. Another thing that that does for me now and kind of the lesson that I've learned from that in a positive way is when I hear stories about, okay, think, think Clinton and Lewinsky or think Anthony Weiner. I and mean, some people are just creepy. So, but some people, yeah. the power gets away from them. Right. And it comes right. back to that forgiveness that we were talking about before last week. Yeah. Before. You right. know, where you're, you, you kind of see the bigger picture of how these things can happen and how the victims snowball and how the yeah. victims become the victims and how the authoritarian becomes the predator. And it's like, yeah, is it, yeah. is it, it's not pleasant no matter how you cut it and and in cases they do break the law yeah. uh, which is designed hopefully to protect people but at the same token 
I'm not as quick to judge people in those situations because I go, ah, I, I, you can see where it can blow power, up really fast. That kind of power is intoxicating. And if you don't have, let's say, the natural fortitude, maybe you don't have the personal strength foundation, moral fiber is what they used to call it. <laughs> okay. If you don't have the moral fiber to uh, resist that kind of intoxication from that kind of power, God help you, because it ain't going to get better until you do learn yeah. how to ethically hold up your own and make clear situational choices without killing other people's or your own boundaries. Yeah. All right. Um, and since we're relating on go oh go ahead. Well, I was going to show the graphic you have because I think that that you you shared. Oh yeah, that would tie in. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. It is. I love that thing. Yes. Favorite. Explain it. <laughs> this is imagine that there is an object floating in the middle of the of the page, and it's round at one end. And it has a flat, sharp edge at the other end. And you can see the round part is blue. And the sharp edge is mostly orange. The top plane is curved and it's green. It almost looks like a clown hat. All right. When you have a blue light shining on the round side, the shadow of the object looks like a circle. When you have an orange light shining from one side, you can see the shadow cast is actually looks like a square off to the left. And another example, when you have a green light shining down on it, the shadow it cast is at the bottom and it looks like a triangle. All three of those shadows are accurate, truthful shadows of that object, even though they look nothing like each other. Therefore, all three interpretations are true. Please consider this before talking and typing. Mm -hmm. Isn't that awesome? I, I love it. It just, there's different perspectives, you know? Yes, that's an excellent rephrase. Different perspectives. Just because you have an orange perspective doesn't mean the blue perspective is wrong. Yes. Doesn't yep. mean you're wrong either. Neither one of you are wrong. The classic thing of two people standing in front of a figure and one says, that's a nine. And the other one says, that's a six. They're both correct. Perspective. That's another popular one. What I was going to say was um, talking about personal stories. Um, like I mentioned, I'm the founder of Lua. And in years past, I did once or twice a month speaking, usually introducing another speaker. But I spoke uh, also at my Reiki classes, meditation classes. And this past weekend, we did an ordination. And talking to one of my close friends, uh, Amy, I was concerned that somebody, because during ordination, we open the floor and let people ask questions. And they can ask me personal questions. They can ask me professional questions. They can talk to each other. And they do. <laughs> and sometimes it gets very profound. And I was telling Amy, I'm concerned somebody's going to ask me what my political um, views are. And she's like, 
really? Why are you worried about that? And I'm saying, and my thought is because Lua is not the place to espouse a political opinion. If somebody in that group wants to have a personal one-on-one conversation with me in private outside of the group forum, I have no problem discussing my political beliefs or opinions. But to ask me in a public forum with that much potential of influence, I do not, I did not, and I still don't, I did not feel comfortable with voicing my opinion. And I figured out what my answer would have been. By the way, no one asked, yay. (laughs) But if they had, I would have said, I decided, I would, I would have, I would have said my answer is is going to sound circumventive, but there's a reason for it. And I have a belief system, and so do you, and so do you, and so do you. And some of you feel pagan, and some of you feel Christian, and some of you feel Buddhist, and some of you feel Islamic, and some of you feel eclectic for lots of those. Some of you feel Native American. And if I speak about one belief system and espouse just that belief system, then I'm not reflecting what Lua is about. I have a belief system. If I talk about my one belief system, I'm not talking about, I'm not expressing what Lua is about. So while I do have an opinion and I don't mind talking about it in private, it's not appropriate for me to represent Lua with just one opinion. So I'd be glad to answer your question in private, but not here. That's good. Ken stated, you stated that wearing masks aren't in your spiritual worldview. I liked that. Yeah, that came up more or less plenty of times. It was interesting. Maybe, Ken, what was it? Maybe about a third of the room. There were 20 people. About a third of the room wore masks. And of those one third, half of them took their mask off at one point or another and sometimes put it back on. So you let people have their process and baby steps is perfectly okay. Uh Yeah. But spiritually, this is a private conversation forum for me. So spiritually about masks, um, I feel masks are a tool of suppression, spiritual and personal, and they're disempowering. My whole life, all of my occupations, all of my hobbies, all of my conversations are all about empowering the people to think, grow, be, heal, themselves empower themselves and then pay it forward masks do not move that forward masks promote fear and i could go down a whole bunch of other science sciency biological reasons for not having them and there are probably a few billion people that could um verify (laughs) those facts but I'm not going to get into that because that actually triggers people too. It's kind of like talking about politics and religion. (laughs) Talking about medical science um, is a trigger. Ken says most took them off when they took their vows and he agrees with you. So yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, Most of them did. A few did not. And it was, and to me, to process that, I see it as a social study. You know, it, it becomes an experiment in social sciences. What inspires a person to go beyond their belief system? Yes. And what does not? And it can be the exact same incident. Like when they said their vows for some people, that was a, that was worth it to go beyond other people. It was not worth it. Okay. Yeah. It was, we, we, we honor all belief systems. So there you go. Uh, uh, Ken put up another comment, fear, anonymity, compliance, dehumanization. Apparently Ken, Ken has, has, um, drank from the same waters as I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you. you know I, I'd rather be safe than sorry but and I, and I know we talked about masks and I agree that that ha yeah, that that's a survivable skill to be you know, girl scout boy scout safe than sorry be prepared blah 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 everything everything in moderation yes yes yeah, sense and sensibility also has to be considered yeah um, speaking <laughs> of sense and sensibility, this is just a funny that I found. Did you hear the White House couldn't display their nativity scene because of the separation of church and state? No, they couldn't find three wise men. <laughs> <laughs> we are always going to want to crack on the congressmen and the attorneys. <laughs> Congress and attorneys are always going to get it on the chin, I tell you. Uh, yeah. They always will. There's that famous, they always about, will. you know, what do you call a hundred attorneys at the bottom of the ocean? A good start. A good start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. And, you know, technically, I probably shouldn't be laughing about that. A lot of my friends are attorneys. <laughs> But and a lot of my associates are attorneys, but they're not typical attorneys either. They are nowhere near typical. I think it comes with the the job description. You must be able to take good jokes. <laughs> um, I think it has to. Yeah, you got to have a thick skin to be an, a good attorney. You really do. And honestly, if you don't want to be a snowflake, you got to have a thick skin about everything right now, because socially. A lot of band-aids are being ripped off. Oh. Which is part of the reason we did this podcast, Iris, and you know, and I know you know that. We're trying to help people mitigate what happens when you rip that band-aid off and it's a whole new world, whole new skin, whole new scar. Now what? Or a well, bleeding gaping wound, and how do you treat it? <laughs> or a bleeding gaping wound. <laughs> yeah. We need to talk about this. <laughs> and this became the inspiration for this show for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I got I got another funny to share because I know we're 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 gonna have to wrap this up in just a minute. But I just I saw this and thought, oh, it it just goes so deep into what we're talking about. <laughs> My, and, and you know, and you almost have to say it in, in her voice, but um you do have to say it in her <laughs> British voice. What was the name of the show that she was on? I said it a minute ago. Oh, Downton oh, Abbey. Yes. She's this she's a star of Downton Abbey. It was it was she was on Downton Abbey and there's some belief that this came from a room with a view. So either one, you know, but um British. Yeah, British, we're talking yeah. um Maggie. What's her name? Oh, what? oh shoot, if you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. 
She yeah. was she was Professor Mag Professor McGonagall in Harry Potter. Yeah. And, ah. she and she was the matriarch of Downton Abbey, everybody's uh, upper crust, high collar Victorian grandmother. And I know yeah. her name like I know my own, and it just went right out the window. I didn't um, say Maggie Gyllenhaal, but that's a different yes. actress. <laughs> no, that's Jake's sister. Uh, yes. God, if anybody knows, post it. But anyway, my dear. Yeah, yeah please comment if you know this lady's name. Uh, Maggie Smith. Smith. Thank you. Thank you, Smith. God, of all the names that we can't think Yay. of. Go, Edie. <laughs> Go, Edie. My dear, religion is like a penis. It is a perfectly fine thing for one to have and take pride in. But when one takes it out and waves it in my face, we have a problem. <laughs> 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 and and yeah, respecting space, <laughs> respecting boundaries, and figuring out where that gray area and that hard stop is and, is and, part of taking responsibility for your authority over something. In this case, your authority over your penis. Yeah. <laughs> so keep it in your pants. <laughs> Keep your religion in your pants. That's a good one, Iris. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like where you're going with that. <laughs> and I guess, you know, and it goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning is if you <laughs> are secure in how you feel and your own yeah. viewpoints and whether or not yeah. they conform to anybody else's is irrelevant. But it's how you right. feel about it and then you know okay do you want your family to accept you you know either get them to respect your opinion or you don't share it but you know and and, and how important is that to you you know when you're in right. company you know do you have to share the stuff that's going to trigger other people then that's a whole nother question why now we're talking about, yeah, power plays, dealing with your own ego, the politics inside of your family and or that group dynamic, which is another word for politics. <laughs> yeah. Now you're, and now you're looking at introspection. Why do I feel the need to foist this onto other people? And now you're talking philosophy and religion about yeah. the exact same thing. So, and so again, you know, and it yep. and it's it all goes together and you know and and uh, uh, opinions are like assholes everybody's got one or we hope you do anyway yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> and we hope you enjoy yours <laughs> yeah. that doesn't mean you have to share it <laughs> right it's still largely a private experience on the ale part <laughs> yeah uh Kansas. oh er, oh there you go i like it Go for it, Iris. The social consequences of freeing yourself from the matrix are huge until you find a new tribe where you fit. Yes, let's all go jump on the Nebuchadnezzar and <laughs> first. <laughs> shotgun. I'm calling shotgun. <laughs> uh, I keep waiting for Pee Wee Herman to show up on the Nebuchadnezzar because Lawrence Fishburne was on the Pee Wee Herman show. <laughs> That's right. He was Carl or something like that. Cowboy Carl Cow Cow or something. Carl, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Cowboy they... Carl, I want to be on the Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm sure somebody will do an outtake sooner or later. I hope so. But yeah, there's, there, there's, yeah, yeah, that's a very profound statement, Ken. Thank you for bringing that in here. That's awesome. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to, to, to kind of leave things. So maybe, you know, there weren't, wasn't any big prophetic, no grand answers to religion and politics, but it's all about acceptance of yourself and acceptance of other people and um taking that, responsibility yes for how far you're going to push that envelope because we're pointing out that there is huge power in both of those concepts and so with huge power comes huge responsibility and therefore we can see why it's been made taboo if we're trying if from a from the view of trying to control a society but we're also saying that that same power can be mitigated it can be ethically weighed and measured if you've got the moral and ethical fortitude moral fiber <laughs> to handle it and if you and and the ego status to decide when you cannot yeah and back off yeah. yeah so that's a personal decision that shouldn't be an across the board sociological decision right. that needs to be a case-by-case -case personal decision yeah and and speaking on that same kind of thread next week we're going to be discussing acceptance versus tolerance and um i like it yes and enlight enlightened understanding can uh generate a higher vibration with deeper understanding of others and so we're going to talk about what the difference is and and how to achieve that and so hopefully y'all will join us we appreciate everybody being here tonight and we hope that you will like follow subscribe to our facebook page or our youtube or um also on itunes and spotify so yep Yes. The audio versions are there. Yeah. Yes. So thank you. Thank you, so everyone. Much. Um, and, and thank you, Daryl. Appreciate your, your comments. And uh hope to see and you Ken later. and Edie and Jackie and everybody that we can think of. Yeah. <laughs> we love you. Thank you. Please come back and play next week. Yay! We will be here. Come have some more fun. All right. Good night. Namaste. Thank you for joining the Eyes of Indigo with Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears. Music is Arcadia by Kevin McLeod of Incomptech.com, licensed under Creative Commons. Visit our Facebook page for broadcast details, www.facebook.com slash eyesofindigo. Show is copyrighted 2021 by Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears, all rights reserved.